You're listening to Messages from the Middle. I'm Wendy Parrish. This is episode number 27, The Codependent. Have you noticed that people don't usually share their struggles until they're over? It's not until they've defeated their dragon and marched victoriously home that they share their story. Well, I'm not one of those people. My name is Wendy Parrish, and I am in the middle of my story. From the middle, I've learned a few things, and I would like to bring you into my story. This is the good, the struggle, the light, the dark, and the lessons learned. This is Messages from the Middle. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so grateful to have you here with me. Uh, Just a few things to get started. Last weekend was the retreat at Bear Lake, and I have to tell you, it was such a lovely, fun, peaceful girls weekend. And I will probably be doing something similar in the future. I'm actually looking at doing something closer to where I live up here in Montana. So if you're local, anyway, just wanted to give a little update on that. It was just a really great, peaceful time. The people were amazing. I loved meeting wonderful people. We did semi-cold plunging. Uh, We hiked up to a lake close to the cabin, and it's a lake I've loved going to most of my life, and swam. Honestly, it wasn't ice cold. It was cold, but it wasn't ice cold. I could have probably stayed in it a little bit longer, but I didn't. Anyway, just wanted to talk about that a little bit. So this week's episode is new territory for me. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm writing about this because as I write about something and record a podcast on it, it helps me to understand it and process it and work through it a little bit more. There's something, a phrase, a word, whatever, that has just continually come up in my life a lot lately from the people in my life that I interact with to even my own things that I'm working through. It keeps showing up in conversations and I've got to say that with everything that I feel like I've dealt with in my own personal mental health and healing journey, I've always felt pretty secure that this was never anything that I ever dealt with. And that is codependency. I looked at my own isolation and craving, I guess, for 100% independence as a lack of codependence. But as I've learned more and more about codependency, kind of more in a way to like help other people that I'm like, oh, this, this is really your thing. The more I've begun to recognize that we all have certain things that we are codependent on. And that is not always necessarily a partner romantic relationship. You can have codependency with a parent, codependency with a sibling, with a child. And then the one that does tend to show up the most is in a romantic relationship, a romantic partnership. And I really didn't quite understand what codependency was for a really long time, other than learning about addiction 
in, I believe, high school and like high school health class when we talked about addiction and alcoholism and how the family was affected and the family would be considered codependent. Family members would be considered codependent because of the alcoholism. And I remember thinking, I have no idea what that means. Not a clue. And then I learned and actually saw it in action from people that I know where a lot of times they'll be covering up for their alcoholism, apologizing for their addiction, or even more just trying so hard to people please and do everything they can right so that this person will stop the addiction. I had one friend once say to me, why doesn't he love me more than he loves the bottle? That's a form of codependency that actually I was like, oh, I understand this. This this makes sense. Now I understand what we talked about in health class. And then in my life, I've also seen it where people completely lose who they are or they don't even know who they are outside of the relationship. They overly people please. They put their own needs aside and they're hyper vigilant about meeting the needs of another person. They give up their friends, their hobbies, the things that they care about so that they can be at the ready for their person so that they can always be available to them. And this creates a one-sided relationship and it's destructive and dysfunctional for both people in the relationship. It's almost as if a person needs another person to give them value and to tell them who they are. And if you're wondering how this is destructive to the other person, truthfully, a person will get away with what they're allowed to get away with. So if they are putting out or demonstrating a destructive behavior and the codependent person doesn't say, I won't put up with that. You can't talk to me like that. You can't treat me that way. They will continue down that pathway and, you know, keep walking down the road till they become very self-destructive or narcissistic or whatever. They are being enabled by the person that's codependent. And also you can be codependent on each other. That feeling that you can't function without the other person with you. And it's a very dangerous place to be. And I know because I looked it up right before I started recording, there are a whole bunch of love songs that glorify codependency. I was so surprised to find a lot of like the super popular like 60s pop songs. Baby Love. Have you ever read the lyrics to Baby Love? All right. Are you ready for it? Here it is. I need you, oh how I need you, but all you do is treat me bad, break my heart and leave me sad. Tell me what did I do wrong to make you stay away so long? Like, how sad does that make you? I will follow him, another 60s kind of pop song. I will follow him wherever he may go and near him I will always be for nothing can keep me away. He's my destiny. Little stalkerish. Anyway, just for example, it tends to be glorified. A lot of times, even like movies, it'll show like this relationship that's super like passionate and they're not okay without the other one. Here's one that comes to mind. Twilight. 
All right, you ready for this? Is it the second book? I don't know. But like Edward breaks up with Bella and then like the book goes to where you turn the pages just and each chapter is a new month and nothing else happens. So it's like November, December, and she's empty and she's nothing without him. And this was book written for teenagers and they're reading it going, oh, I want to love like that. But is it a love? And is that a healthy love? Like, think about it. So when you're in codependence, what you are doing is you are allowing yourself to place your value and your worth on the other person, on what the other person thinks of you, on having the other person love you, care about you, take care of you. And I'm a very visual person, so this is how I think of it. We all have holes inside of us. Imagine yourself as a vessel, a vase, a cup, whatever. And you have holes in you, and we all have those holes. Those are our own insecurities and our fears and whatever. We all have those. Born with them, part of the human experience. And we are asking people outside of us, specifically that, you know, that person that you've got this codependent relationship with, to fill our cup without us filling our holes. So no matter what they do and no matter what we do to get them to do the things we want them to do, you will never feel happy and fulfilled. What you have to do is do the work to fill those holes by yourself and then you fill your own vessel, your own cup. And that is how you get to a point where you can have a happy and healthy and productive relationship. And let me be clear, all relationships have conflict. All relationships have super strong points and weak points. Everything is in a 50-50 kind of place. So I'm not saying that once you do this work, it's going to be like holding hands and skipping off into the sunset and nothing ever goes wrong. There will still be complicated things, but there's still that issue, but you still are a whole and complete person by yourself. And then you are working together to create a whole and happy, healthy relationship without expecting the other person to give you what you need to validate yourself. You've got to do it yourself from the inside out. So let's just talk about my isolation situation for a second, because I know I'm not the only one. I know that there's a lot of people that isolation is their thing. And I've been thinking, I'm great. If somebody, you know, doesn't treat me right, I'm out. And I will say, back when I was dating, you know, a million years ago, I was like that. If I went on a date with somebody and I didn't feel like there was a level of respect, if I didn't feel like they would treat me well, if I didn't feel like they jived with my values, that was it. I wasn't just like, but if I just keep hanging out with him, eventually he will learn to love me. That was never, ever a thing. But as I've gotten older, I have put a lot of what I think about myself and my ability to accomplish things, my ability to live my dreams, my skill set, what I'm worth outside of me. I've put how people react to what I put out in the world 
as them telling me what I'm worth, that I'm actually worth something. This came up all the time in my photography business. If I was advertising for shoots, for family shoots, senior shoots, a mini shoot, and nothing really came of it, I took that as nobody likes me, everybody hates me, this is all my problem and I need to do more to make people like me. But I don't know (laughs) what that looks like, not really being a people pleaser. And so I just isolate. I do the, it's their fault. They don't like me. I blame them. Or the other thing that I do, well, I am broken. There is something wrong with me. I will never be a prosperous, successful person because there's something terribly wrong with me and I have all the proof because these people outside of me are telling me that. So that's how codependency shows up in a situation like mine where you are isolating. You are not free of codependency. You're still trapped in it because you are still expecting people outside of you to fill your vessel, fill your cup, Um, without you having filled your holes and then filled yourself. And then anything anyone else pours into your bucket is just beautiful excess that can spill over into everyone around you that you love. So why is being codependent so unhealthy? And especially because a lot of people aren't necessarily even aware that they're doing it. And you might just even think that you're an extra caring and loving partner. And one big issue is that codependency often has you funneling your energy into supporting the people in your life without making space or even considering yourself, which can lead to resentment, loss of self, depression, anxiety, so many things that can happen when you have completely funneled all of your energy into someone else. And by enabling this person, you are creating someone who is also incapable of reciprocating that back to you because you're doing it all and they're going, awesome, great, they have it, it's all covered. So a lot of times the word enabler is used to refer to a person who is codependent. And an enabler often thinks that they're doing the right thing when they try to avoid upsetting their partner. However, the opposite is true. And their actions allow the cycle of codependency to keep going and possibly even get worse. The word enabler is also used to talk about a person who is in a relationship with a person who misuses substances. The enabler's action or inaction makes it possible for the person to continue with their addiction instead of addressing it and getting help. Over time, the enabling partner in a codependent relationship may become frustrated, angry, and resentful. So, are you asking yourself, am I codependent? Let me give you some signs of codependency. You have a denial pattern. A codependent person may say, or may, they have a hard time identifying their own feelings. Or they minimize and alter or deny how they feel. 
They may say they really hurt my feelings. Oh, but that's okay. That's my fault. They perceive themselves as completely unselfish and dedicated to the well-being of everyone else. And then there's low self-esteem patterns. A low self-esteem pattern looks like finding it hard to make decisions, harshly judging yourself and feel that what you think, say, or do is never good enough. You get embarrassed when receiving recognition or praise or gifts. That is so common. You're unable to identify or ask for what you want or what you need. And you place a higher value on others' approval of their thinking, feelings, and behaviors other than your own. Kind of like what I talked about, how I will put how I think and feel about myself on people outside. And because I don't like that, and because I'm scared of being hurt, I just cut myself off from that. They also, somebody who's a codependent in that low self-esteem pattern will not perceive yourself as lovable or worthwhile. Then there's compliance patterns. So you compromise your values and integrity to avoid rejection or other people's anger. You'll have high sensitivity to others' feelings and take on their feelings, even if it's not normally a feeling you would have. You're extremely loyal, even staying in harmful situations too long. And you see this with abused people all the time. Mm. You place a higher value on other people's opinions. I already talked about that one. You have a fear of expressing different viewpoints or feelings. Now, I want to say in this world, (laughs) I think a lot of us are scared of expressing different viewpoints or feelings because we just don't want to be attacked for having them because sometimes you just get attacked for whatever it is that you believe. And you'll set aside your own interests and do what other people want. Then there's control patterns. You believe that people are incapable of taking care of themselves, so you just do it. You try to persuade others into what to think or do. So this is another side of codependency where on one hand, you just say, tell me what to do. Tell me what to think. On the other hand, this is more in the position of a stronger person with a weak, like a younger, weaker or young, whatever. I don't know I'm saying younger and weaker, but there's just some people that are more impressionable. So you persuade them and tell them what to do or think. You resent others when they decline your help or reject your advice. You offer unsolicited advice and direction. That's, I swear, not what this podcast is. Like if you're listening to it, I'm assuming that it's solicited. Give gifts and favors to others to influence them. And you need to feel needed and to have a relationship with others. And then there's avoidance patterns. You avoid behaviors and actions that could possibly lead to rejection, shame, or anger from others. You harshly judge what others think, say, or do. You avoid emotional, physical, or any other kind of intimacy so you don't ever feel vulnerable. Develop addictions to people, places, and things to get distracted from feeling too vulnerable in a relationship. And use indirect or evasive communication to avoid conflict or confrontation. And believe that displays of emotion are signs of weakness. So that's kind of a lot. And it feels like it spans kind of a big wide spance of what you know you can be doing. And some of those you may be like, ooh, I do that. One or two of those 
is just being human. But a lot of them showing up should make you go, wait a minute. So the important thing to then think about is if you're in a codependent situation, how do you get out? And also, what is the opposite of codependence? And that is not independence, it's interdependence. And what that means is you yourself are a whole, complete human being without anyone else in your life. You have filled those holes all in your life. So you're whole and complete and confident all by yourself, but you choose to have someone in your life. And the cool thing is, is when you are in interdependence, you're more likely to have an interdependent partner. You're more likely to have interdependent children. When you Mm -hmm. model whole and complete on your own, you can attract that to you. And if you're in a relationship that has been codependent, but you move into that interdependence, it's kind of like that other person's got to sink or swim. They're either going to find their way to meet your energy or that relationship may have run its course. So we don't just wake up in the morning and say, I am now interdependent. There's work to do and there's a rough path to walk. And that path is down the road of independence. So while I said independence is not the opposite of codependence, it is how you get to interdependence. There's a really great analogy. There's a really great way that learning independence and how to turn to create a whole and complete version of you into interdependence that I learned in my life coaching training. So we all come with a manual. We all come with, these are the things that I need to make me feel whole, happy, connected, all of those things. That's our manual. And what we tend to do is we have this manual and we either give it to our person and say, you need to do all of these things or I'm not going to be happy. You need to do all of these things or I won't know that you love me. Or, and I see this all the time, you think they should know. If they love me, they should know that I need chocolates and a fancy date night once a week, they should know. And you don't even tell them or ask them for it. So here's the exercise. Write your manual down. Write it all down. What do you need? And if you are in a codependent situation and have been for a long time, you may not even know what you need. This may be really hard work. You may not even know what it is that makes you feel loved and whole and complete. I talked about this in an episode a long time ago. I talked about the runaway bride and how she doesn't know how she likes her eggs and she has to take some time and sample a whole bunch of eggs until she realizes what kind of eggs she likes. So you may have to take some time. You may have to go, you know, I have been listening to the red hot chili peppers with my boyfriend for years and telling people I like the red hot chili peppers but then you listen to them alone and decide, do I really like these guys? And then you go, I don't like these guys. I don't want to listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers anymore. For example, that might be what happens. But write it all down, find out what it is. And it may come through like you might be doing something and be like, oh, 
actually, this really does fill my cup. Or actually, this thing that I've been doing really isn't making me happy. Write it all down. What is it that helps you feel loved and whole and complete? And then you do that for yourself. You don't hand the manual over to your person and say, okay, here it is. That's so disempowering. That's so, that's like saying, you now have complete control over my happiness, over my emotions, over my feelings. Take it. It's all yours. You fill those holes in yourself by doing it for yourself. Like Miley says, buy yourself flowers. If it helps, I'm giving you permission to be selfish for a little while, especially if you have been in people pleasing and only considering other people's wants and needs and not even considering your own. And it's going to be a little hard. And when you're in this stage of independence and fulfilling your own manual, you're going to find all of your insecurities and all of the things that come up for you that you may not have realized that you have been masking in your codependence, in just saying, I'm just going to do what everybody else needs. I'm just going to throw myself into them. And then maybe you're unhappy and unfulfilled, but you're serving a purpose. And I'm not saying don't continue to love your people, but also don't keep enabling bad behavior. Don't keep toxic relationships and toxic people in your life just because if you can make them untoxic and if you can make them love you, then, then you know that you have worth. You intrinsically have worth and you have the ability to make yourself whole and complete all on your own. The other thing that's worth noting is this is just like every other journey in our lives. We don't just walk the path once and we're like, woohoo, I got there. We're going to move back and forth. We're going to find certain things that we are codependent on, and then we'll be interdependent in other ways. We'll move to interdependence and then we'll be hungry and hormonal or whatever, and we'll slip right back into codependence. The trick is how to get out of it and knowing what interdependence is and how you feel when you feel whole and complete as a person without all of that external validation. And here are just a few other things you can do to cope with codependency while you're in it and while you're working through what is happening and what's going on in your life. The first thing you're going to want to do is take an honest inventory of your relationship So after learning about codependency, take a close and honest look at yourself, your partner and your relationship, and look for those red flags and signs of an unhealthy relationship. And don't you dare bleach those red flags. They're there for a reason. Understand how a codependent relationship affects you and others. Note the positive effects of a healthy relationship compared to what you see in the harmful effects of a codependent relationship. This can help you realize what you value and what you want to change in your relationship. And you need to take responsibility. A person who's codependent and enabling their partner can have a hard time taking responsibility for their own feelings and shortcomings because after all, they haven't been. They've been putting everything on another person. 
to break the psych cycle of codependence, each person needs to take charge of themselves and remind each other that they are in control of their own emotions and behavior. Don't give that manual to somebody and tell them that they have control over your emotions. And then here's how we work our way out of a codependent relationship. Aside from you working on yourself and becoming a whole and complete person on your own, you may need to take a break from that relationship and focus on yourself. You may need to walk away and spend a couple weeks learning how you like your eggs. And do not get into a new relationship right away if you have just ended one. You basically have had somebody trying to fill those holes in yourself and you immediately go to having somebody else try to fill those holes in yourself. And there's going to be all that dopamine and all that th- stuff that's confusing what's going on. And it's just not going to help you work your way into becoming a full and whole and complete human being without somebody else. And then you're going to ne- need to set boundaries within the relationship, which is going to be very hard because you've never set boundaries before. And that other person is going to be like, wait a minute, I was always able to do this before and you never got angry. Or I was always able to do this before and you didn't walk away. You need to pay attention. When you pull away from a relationship or break it up, the resistance from your partner is probably going to turn a little toxic. And they may be angry and manipulative and persistent and bombard you with calls or text or go to love bombing. Oh, that's a good one. They'll go to love bombing. They'll start calling and saying, I've never loved anybody like you. And they'll send gifts and they'll do all the things they know that they can do to pull you right back in. They're going to need to change. You're going to need to change. And then you need to practice self-awareness. Just leaving the relationship isn't going to cure codependency. You will still have work to do on yourself, either on your own or with the help of a professional. By the way, therapists, they're important when it comes to dealing with codependency. You'll also need to be on your guard when starting new relationships. Watch for those old behaviors to just show right up or watch for behaviors from the new relationship that might bring out those past codependent relationships. Look out for warning signs that you're falling back into old patterns. Are you people pleasing? Are you losing who you are? Are you saying, oh, you're right. I totally love Red Hat Chili Peppers again. Are you doing that? Are you caving on what you learned about yourself? Just pay attention to those things and see if you are keeping, if the relationship is unbalanced, unhealthy, and not enjoyable. And again, there's going to be all kinds of chemicals in your body in a new relationship that are going to make you think that it's where you want to be and that it's healthy. But you have learned by creating your manual and living in it for yourself and taking responsibility for your own emotions and meeting your own needs for feeling whole and fulfilled and loved and happy and healthy, that you don't need another person to do that for you, but you want another person in your life to share that with them. And again, I'm not saying any of this is easy. I'm 
know that this actually is probably one of the hardest things to overcome, just like an addiction. In fact, I have seen couples where the one partner goes to rehab and overcomes their addiction, but the codependent is still stuck in that cycle. And there's not nearly as much support for that person as there was for the addict. But this is also not true. There is support. So especially people that are in those relationships with addiction, there are support groups. I know Al-Anon is one of them. It's totally Googleable. There are codependent support groups, totally Googleable. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head, but know that you also don't have to do this alone. You can work with a therapist, you can work with a coach, you can go to a group, and you can find love and support from people who want you to find yourself whole, happy, and complete by yourself and on your own so that you can choose to bring people into your life that elevate your vibration and only serve to bring in that overflow because you've already filled the holes in your bucket and filled your bucket. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so grateful for this time that you spend with me each week. I would love it if you could share this podcast with as many people as you can think of. And if you could leave a rating and review on Apple, on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. I want you to know that you are loved and you matter no matter who you are or where you are in your story. We'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me in the middle of my story. My theme music is White Linen by Asher Child. He's my kid. You can find all of his amazing music on all streaming platforms. And you know, it just wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't ask you to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. But seriously, it would really mean so much to me if you did. Thank you so much and see you next time. We'll see you next week. 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 We'll see you next week.